Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. In this sermon episode, Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen is preaching from the title, The Proof is Found in What You Produce, in the sermon series, Practicing Our Faith. We're glad you're here. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse number 22. And if you're able to stand, please stand in reverence to reading God's holy word. That's Galatians chapter 5, starting around verse 22. Amen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Our theme for this year is being a simple church. Prayer, preaching, Practicing our faith and people. All right. Those are the areas we want to focus on. And for the month of November, the theme is focusing on practicing our faith. Amen. And so each sermon you hear, all right, Ellen, each sermon you would hear this month will focus on how we can be intentional about practicing our faith. Amen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach from the topic today, the proof is found in what we produce. Proof is found in what we produce. Church Christians should be the moral standard for humanity to model afterwards. In this particular text, Paul is instructing the church in Galatian, Galatia, I'm sorry, on how to walk in this world. He tells them to walk according to the spirit that they may not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And as Christians, we should be aware of how we are walking before others. When the Bible mentions walk, it is often referring to how we live our lives. These words walk and live, they are interchangeable within the biblical text. Live according to the spirit that you may not fulfill the lust of the flesh, or we live by faith and not by sight. It is our responsibility to live lives that causes the world to take notice that there is something different about us. And here in the text, we find Paul writes this letter to the church in Galatia to prevent them from falling away from the will of God. Paul writes in chapter 1, verse 6, Uh, He says, um, I am astonished at how fast you all have turned away from the grace of Christ and accepted a different gospel. And when we accept the ways of the world that are contrary to the word of God, it it, it prevents us from producing the fruit of the Spirit. And it's a dangerous place to be in 
with Christ when you are not producing fruit. Y'all don't believe me? Amen. I got Bible to back up what I'm saying. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And while he's in Jerusalem, he's on his way to the cross. Jesus noticed a fig tree from a distance. And this fig tree is full of leaves. However, when he gets close to the fig tree, he notices there are no figs on the tree. Therefore, Jesus curses the tree. And the next day they see the tree and the disciples are astonished because the tree had withered and died. We learn lessons from this fig tree that we should not live fruitless lives but present ourselves as having fruit with many leaves. We should not carry the title of a Christian and not live like one. <clears throat> I wish I had a witness that this is what Jesus is trying to prove to us today, that if we have leaves, we should also have fruit. Amen. So the proof of what uh, of, or who I am is found in what I produce. So the question might be, what shall I produce then, preacher? Here in the text, this word fruit refers to the natural product of a living thing. Paul used fruit to help us understand and the product of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of every believer. It's not by the way you worship God. It's not by the way you speak in tongues that says that you have the Spirit of God, but it's by the way you produce fruit in your life. Because you, 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 you can speak in tongues and then cuss somebody out with that same tongue. Amen. You, you, you can lift holy hands in the sanctuary and use those same hands to commit wrong if you do not have the Spirit of God working in your life. The Greek word here, fruit, it's singular. It's not plural, but it mentions over nine different characteristics. But Paul says it's just one fruit which is a unified whole, not an independent characteristic. As we grow, all the characteristics of Christ will be manifested in our lives. And we cannot pick which fruit we want to produce and leave the others out. If we allow the Spirit to rule and reign in our lives, everything Paul lists in this text, it will flow out of who we are. You see, physical fruit, it needs time to grow. The fruit of the Spirit will not uh, ripen in our lives overnight. I wish I had a witness here that, 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 that just because you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it does not mean you'll do everything the right way. Instantly. I wish I had a witness. And now, now, now I'm not putting a limit on God and saying God can change me swiftly, but, but if he does not, I still believe my change is on the way. If I got a witness here, like a successful gardener must battle against weeds to enjoy the sweet fruit they desire, we must constantly work on getting rid of the weeds in our lives. 
the weeds of our old sinful nature that wants to choke out the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This Christian life is a process. This is a journey that we must intentionally be about our Father's business and living holy and righteous lives while depending on the Holy Spirit. I know, I know, I know. But that me saying that is not a pass for you to stay the same way. I know, I know, I know what they say. Uh, uh, hey, hey, he's still working on me. <laughs> Have you ever been frustrated with so much construction you wonder, how long will they be working on this road? <laughs> I wish I had a witness here. What, 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 what's that? Uh, 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 when, when I first got here, they was working on the highway. How long would they be working on the belt line? How, how long would they be working? What's that? PD and 151, they seemed like they was working on that area forever. How long are they going to work on the road? How long God has to work on you? How long will you be under construction? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's some stuff you should, it, it should be done away with. The, 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 you should be a new man now, and, the, and, and your, your flesh should have learned how to turn down certain things. There's just some things we should be over with by now. Yeah, yeah. It's a process. I'm not, I'm not saying it'll happen overnight that you'll just be this holy saint just because you say, Jesus, I love you and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Now you become the saint. No, it becomes a process. Repentance is turning away from what you want and turning towards God. And many of us have not made that full turn just of yet. Help us today, God. But keep on turning. <laughs> keep turning. Keep turning because there's going to come a point in time where it'll be easy to say no. I know someone here, you trying, you trying to let go of some sinful thing. And Paul talks about the, uh, the sins, the, the lust of the flesh. He said the works of the flesh. He talks about this also in this book of Galatians. And he helps us to see that we are all human beings. We all are born in this flesh. We all take on this sin nature. But when we receive the Spirit of God, it allows us to produce some fruit. And the way I know that you're a Christian is not how loud you yell. It's not how much you run around the church, fall on the ground, slop from the mouth. It's not how much you dance, speak in tongues, but it's how you live your life. And in the text today, Paul uses nine characteristics to describe the fruit of the Spirit. Paul places these fruit in three different categories. The first, there are, they're inward and they're supplied by God. Love, joy, peace. Only God can give that. The second three speaks to our relationship with others. 
Number one, patience. <laughs> Kindness. Goodness. Then the final three are principles for godly living. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And self-control. The first three are necessary to this Christian journey. They come from God and they are essential for the character of the Christian. It is completely imperative that love is mentioned first. Love deliberately expresses itself in ways that always seeks the welfare of others. Biblical love is dependent upon the giver's character and not emotion. Emotions change based on how someone makes us feel, but love is consistent. Paul suggests that love never fails and love chooses to set aside my own preference and desire and sometimes my own needs for the sake of somebody else. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, Paul, he begins to describe love, this unexplainable word. He explains it as best as he can, but he says, but, but, but though I bestow uh, all good things, to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. This teaches me that love supersedes service and sacrifice. If you're not doing it out of love, it's worthless. Paul lists love first because each fruit of the Spirit is only another expression of love. Love is the foundation in which we stand on. And as we talked about in Bible study on Wednesday night, this love I have for you, it must be to God first before I can express it to you. Because my relationship with God allows me to have a healthy relationship with you. Help me today, because if I can love someone I have never seen before, I can love you, in which I see every day. Jesus challenged us, and he asked the question, how can I say I love God who I've never seen and hate my brother that I see every day? Love must be connected to God before I can connect it to somebody else. If I love God, I can love my wife better. If I love God, I can love my children better. If I love God, I can love my friends better. If I love God, I can love my neighbors better. Because loving God teaches me how to love other people. God demonstrated his love towards us that while we were still sinners, he died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God demonstrated this unlimited, no boundaries, no, having love that he has for us. We must also have it for our brothers and sisters. So he says... Love, first fruit, portion of the fruit. Then he says, joy. The Greek word translated joy in Galatians means gladness and delight. It is a feeling of gladness regardless 
of the circumstance in which you're in. Sadly, the world's joy cannot last because it's based off fleeting physical circumstances. But the joy of the Lord is established in our spirit. I wish I had a witness here. It, it, it is eternal. And, and as we cling tight to Jesus, abiding daily in our saving relationship with him, we will experience the fullness of joy as he promised. Joy is a gift of the spirit that becomes a condition of the heart which is confident in our relationship with Christ. On the other hand, joy becomes the expression of celebration which empowers us to be Christians. Joy makes us strong. Joy produces energy. That's why Nehemiah testified the joy of the Lord. It is my strength. Have I got a witness here today that you can testify? I still have joy. And many struggle with this because we have determined that there is not much to be joyful about in these days. Inflation is still rising. Cancer is still killing. COVID is still restricting. Racism and hate is still relevant. School shootings are still happening. Addictions to drug is still painful to watch. Families are still dysfunctional. And life just seems unfair. But with the spirit, we still have joy because we know who's in control. And this joy that I have, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. The joy, it gives me strength, not because of what has happened or what is happening, but because of what God is about to do. I wish I had a witness. I don't know how he's going to bless me, but I'm about to give God an about to praise. Have I got a witness here? I don't know what he's going to do, but I know he's about to do something, and so this joy joy that I have is not because of what's going on, but it's because of my trust in the Lord. Love, joy, but he also says peace. The world doesn't offer much peace to us. Matter of fact, the world cannot give us a real peace because they really are not connected to the one who offers this peace. But for those who have the spirit within us, we have the peace of Christ. That no matter our circumstances, we still have peace. We can reject the chaos of the world and embrace God's peace. When trouble is all around, when fear is creeping in our minds, when life continues to be difficult, when the month is longer than the money, when trouble seems as if it will last always, when, when, when the doctor report is not a good one, I wish I had a witness here, uh, 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 we still have peace because the Bible says he'll give us a peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard our hearts and our mind. I wish I had a witness. And because we have this peace that goes beyond what we can ever think or imagine, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. 
I wish I had a witness. Be, be anxious for nothing, but, but in all things, uh, but make your request known unto God with supplication and thanksgiving, and God will give us peace in the midst of the storm. Can I tell you something? God's peace is not the absence of trouble, but it's the confidence to trust God in the midst of it. Let, let me say that one more time. God's peace is not the absence of trouble, but it's the confidence to trust God in the midst of the trouble. I see y'all looking at me crazy. Y'all don't believe what I'm saying. Well, the disciples, they were on a boat, and the storm came up in the midst of the boat while they were traveling to the other side. Jesus is at the bottom of the boat, but here is the shout of the text. The Bible says, and the rain were pouring, and the boat was filling up with water. I wish I had a witness here. And even though the boat was filling with water, the boat was not sinking. <clears throat> Let me say that one more time. They're in the storm, and while in the storm, the rain is pouring. The boat is filling up with water, but the boat is not sinking. And while the boat wasn't sinking, someone said, go get Jesus. Jesus is in the, bo in the bottom of the boat. And when the disciples, they didn't know they was getting Jesus to come do something, some miracle. They just wanted Jesus to help them get the water out of the boat. But Jesus came to the top of the boat and somehow Jesus spoke wind and wave language. That when Jesus spoke, the wind and the waves understood what he said. So he said, peace be still in the midst of the storm. Peace be still in the midst of their trouble. Peace be still in the midst of their pain. Peace be still. And there's somebody here today, you just need Jesus to speak peace in your life, uh, to your marriage, peace, on your job, peace, in your school, peace, in your home, peace, in your mind, peace, whatever you're going through, he's able to provide peace. And I tell you, what you need is already in you. Activate it. I know, I know you say, I'm going through too much right now. I don't care. Keep on talking to God. I wish I had a witness. I, 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 I know the tears are flowing. I know you're confused about what's going on, but I just want to tell you something. Just keep talking to God. I, I, I know you don't understand it right now. I know you're confused about it right now. I know it hurts right now. I know it's chaotic right now, but can I tell you something? Just keep talking to God. I, I, I know you're saying, Pastor, I don't know why. It's me, and I don't want to ask God why. You better let that go, because if you never ask why, you'll never know. I wish I had a witness, so you better keep talking to God, and I promise you, he'll give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. But it's already in you. Sometimes we just need help bringing it out of us. I like watch, watching those movies when people have these special powers. like mutants, and sometimes I think I can jump or see through walls. Sometimes I want a laser beam eye. I want to fly, so I won't have to get on the plane and pay those high fees and things like that. 
But most of these movies, they have to teach the one with the power how to use the power. They have it within them, but they just don't know how to control it. So they have to practice before they can execute in a way that they were designed to. My brothers and sisters, we have this power within us, this Holy Spirit, and if we don't practice leaning and depending on it, we'll never use it to, uh, to the Holy Spirit's full capability in our lives. First three are coming from God. They're inward. Can't, you can't give me peace. Yeah, you, you can love me, but you can't give me the love of God. You definitely can't give me joy. You can make me happy. These things are provided by God, and they're everlasting, and they never change. But then, secondly, he speaks of how we must have a relationship with other people. Right? Um, everywhere we go... Christians are not the only people that are there. So we have to know how to treat people. Matter of fact, y'all don't even treat Christians. <laughs> the best fights happen in church. Amen. That wasn't in my sermon. Amen. So how do we treat each other? One, Paul says, patience or long-suffering. We don't, we don't want to suffer long for anything. We don't want to have patience in this fast-paced, want-it-now culture, right? Looking at, uh, there's this show on Netflix, I think it's Blockbuster, talking about Blockbuster and Blockbuster died because Netflix allowed instant rather than a CD arriving to the door or going to the Blockbuster and checking in, right? Because we live in this, give it to me fast. I love Amazon Prime. Don't judge me. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not judging you all. And, and don't judge my wife neither. She's at drill. We're going to delete this after we get done, all right? We delete this. Time to taking it down. All right? Because Prime says, yo, we'll get it to you within two days. Sometimes next day. And if you're lucky, you can get it the same day. But you might have to go pick it up. But we'll get it to you. <laughs> but Paul says we must have patience. Long suffering. Everything we need to be patient is already in us. The Holy Spirit gives us this ability to suffer long. Because being patient is sometimes painful. Being patient is intolerable sometimes. Because you know or you feel as if you're doing the right thing, but what you're doing 
and you're not seeing a difference. You planted the seed. You watered it. You cultivated it. You made sure it had oxygen and sunlight, but it didn't grow. But here, Paul, this word patience or long-suffering, it is referring to relationship to people. How to be patient with somebody else. The story of a man stops at the grocery store because his wife sent him to get some groceries. This man, similar to me, when you go, you really don't know where things are located. So I have to go up and down every hour or ask someone who really don't want to tell me where to find what I'm looking for. This man goes to the grocery store, and while he is there, he notices a father with a son. The son is about three years old, acting a fool. He's begging and pleading for a candy bar. The dad simply says, um, it's all right, Billy. This won't take long. As they pass in the next aisle, the three-year-old pleads. Uh, it, it, it had increased several octaves. Now dad was quietly saying again, Billy, just calm down. We'll be done in a minute. He saw them again, and this time the kid was screaming uncontrollably. Dad was still keeping his cool. In a very low voice, he was saying, Billy, settle down. We're almost out of here. The dad and his son reached the checkout counter just ahead of the other shopper, and the boy was still screaming and kicking. Dad was very calmly saying over and over again, Billy, we'll be in the car in just a minute, and then everything will be okay. The bystander was impressed beyond words after paying for his groceries. He ran over to this dad and he told him, I am so grateful to see how you're handling your child. Tapped him on the shoulder, congratulated him, and the father looked back at him and said, you really don't get it. I'm Billy. In order to be patient with other people, sometimes you got to talk to yourself. Oh, y'all ain't never been there before. I don't know who they talking to. They ain't talking to me. Let, let me get out of here before I do something crazy. You got to learn how to talk to yourself. <laughs> You can make it. I can get through this. I'm not going to let you bother me today. Not today, devil. You better go. Have you ever been there? Well, you simply had to talk to yourself. Patience. Patience requires the Holy Spirit to help us. Because some people, amen, they know the right buttons to push. And if we're not producing fruit, we'll produce other things. 
works of the flesh. And so, next time, ask people, do you want fruit or flesh? <laughs> Amen. Let me stop. Amen. Patience, but then he says, kindness and goodness. Kindness and goodness goes together. The characteristics of kindness and goodness are closely, they're closely related. Together they present the picture of one who not only possess moral goodness and integrity, but also generously expresses it in the way they act towards other people. This goodness in action reflects God's kindness and goodness towards us. This world would be a better place if kindness and goodness was produced often. People are so rude and disrespectful these days. We even see this during this election cycle. That we know more bad things than good things about the candidates. Y'all not feeling me in here. We know what they're not doing rather than knowing what you're going to do. Y'all not feeling me today. We, we, we know how bad the opponent is more than we know what your policies are. But when you have the Spirit of God, when you produce goodness and kindness, you just can't help being kind and good to people. Because you have the Holy Spirit within you, then you be like the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan was on the road to Jericho, and while he's on this road, he sees a man on the side of the road, left for dead, who had been robbed, and he does not go and ask him, are you a Jew or are you a Samaritan? He does not go and judge if he was black or white. He does not judge if he was rich or poor. He does not judge his gender. He does not judge his characteristics. All he sees is somebody in need, and when he saw somebody in need, goodness and kindness went to work. I'm done. Almost. Three more. Who said no, I'm not? The first three... <laughs> are inward and are supplied by God. The second three speaks to how we live or how we have relationships with others. And the final three are principles for godly living. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is to have a firm grip without letting go. Faithfulness is to have a Firm grip without letting go. Now, being a pastor, I get to hear all the stories in which my members are going through. I get to hear their struggles. I get to hear their pain. But I also experience some of the same stuff in my own life. And sometimes what God allows, I don't agree with. What God allows, I'm not joyful about. Y'all not feeling me today? Well, because I believe God is sovereign, but I also understand in the midst of God's sovereignty, he also gives us grace. And so with his grace, it allows me to keep a firm grip 
when I want to let go. I wish I had some help here today. With God's grace, I can stand even when I want to let go. Faithful, faithful, faithful. We can be faithful like Ruth to Naomi. Where you go, I go. Where you lodge, I lodge. Your people, my people, your God, my God, where you die, I'll die. Matter of fact, I want to tell them to bury me right next to you. You need to have this level of faithfulness to God. That I'm going to stay with you no matter what happens. Faithfulness is having a firm grip and not letting go of, and then gentleness. I know this a lot. I hope you all taking notes or go back and watch it on Facebook. But take that part out about my wife. Take that out. <laughs> CT, cut that up for me. It's all right. I got access. I can go on there. But I know there's some snitches in the house. I know you're going to call her. Time we leave church, Mother Joyce. <laughs> oh, she watching. <laughs> oh, y'all texting her already? Dang. She's on drill duty. She's in the Army still, so she's on duty today, so she's not here. And y'all already snitching. So make sure you all tell my wife to act with gentleness. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. To handle with care. Not to be so rough and harsh, mean, cruel. But be gentle. Humble yourself to a place where God, Jesus says, uh, uh, the humble shall be exalted, but the exalted shall be hum humbled. Um, I'm, I'm finished. I'm almost, I got one more, but. Uh, my pastor, Pastor George A. Jolly, he said, uh, as preachers, you know, sometimes preachers, you know we're preaching when they walk in the door, right? They come to the church, they walk in the door, and sometimes they just walk straight to the pulpit. And my pastor, he told me, he said, hey, it's better to be axed up than to be axed down. <laughs> so, so I'll never just walk in. Matter of fact, if I'm going somewhere, I want to sit in the back anyway because I'm tired of being in the front all the time. That's what's life. It's better for God to ask you up than for him to ask you down. Because when he, when he pull you up, everybody can see. And when he brings you down, live with gentleness. Finally, and I'm, I'm finished this time. Self-control. self control. This kills the argument. The devil made me do it. <laughs> because you have self-control. Those of us who have the Holy Spirit inside of us we should be able to control our own actions. I was weak. 
My flesh was weak in the moment. But you have a responsibility to walk in the spirit that you may not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And here Paul gives us this last fruit of the spirit, self-control. You should be able to handle you. If you act in love, if you operate in peace and, and, and you have kindness and you have long-suffering and you have all of the fruit of the Spirit, it'll allow you to control you. Because the person that often mess things up for you, oh, y'all already know that. And so, when you say walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, that takes some intentional prayer, intentional communion with God, intentional living a life that's committed to the work and the ministry of God, that you show up in Bible study, you show up for Sunday school, you know what it is to be a part of prayer, you know how to pray on your own, you study your own Bible by yourself. So when temptation comes, you'll have self-control. And you can't blame nobody else. They drugged me. They cheated me. They lied to me. You still made the choice. Proof is in what you produce. Practice your faith, which means live your faith, that everyone may see that you are a child of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We're so happy that you're here. Please continue to connect with Mount Zion Baptist Church on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and our website, mtzlife.com. We continually put out new content, so be on the lookout and turn those notifications on. Looking forward to seeing you back here soon. Have a blessed day.